Hello, hello, hello. This is Bravo Lowdown. I am Valerie, dishing out, spilling, serving, whatever you would like. The lowdown of the shows, gossip, um, just all around lowdown. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I um, just finished up doing Real Housewives of Atlanta with a little bit of talking about Brandy Redmond. Um, I'm doing it back to back. I got busy yesterday. I was upset that I didn't get to finish it up and get it online, but there it is. And now I'm getting to the most recent, which was last night's episode of Below Deck, which ended with um, Kevin getting um, kind of uh, knocked on his butt by back pain, and we kind of had a baby cliffhanger. There weren't really good cliffhangers this season. I mean, last season, there were some really good cliffhangers. I mean, we had Carolyn Vidal, or Vidal, whatever her name, um, and her quitting, and the retaliation for walking out, and um, Ashton falling into the water, the other tachyon, the first bosom was fired. So there were, it was kind of a season of consistent cliffhangers. This season, eh, I mean, I kind of posted on my Instagram account that cat that was walking through the market with the glasses on. And I said, this is pretty much my favorite part of the whole season. I haven't seen too many redeeming things. I'm going to go back for a minute and discuss Tanner and Kate because they were, again, you know, the, the couple to watch, I guess, if you could say that. I mean, it's like the meeting rituals of two, I don't know, frogs. They're just not, it's... I, I know a lot of people love Kate, but she's not like that charming. She's not like that mushy. There, It is kind of cute, I will say. It is a little refreshing to see a lighter side of Kate and her having fun. Um, I have seen over the years, you know, when she was happy, you know, um, when she had the girlfriend come on board, she really seemed happier but I see her smile more with the attention that Tanner's giving her than she did even with that girlfriend so I don't know um I also wanted to say this is just my theory and I haven't mentioned it yet Kate seemed fine with Simone Kate didn't seem fine with Simone when Simone hooked up with Tanner just saying you know, just saying. So it starts off, um, Kevin gets his bearings and he goes in there to cook. Um, there's still tension going on with Riley and the crew. Um, at one point, you know, they're getting dinner made ready. Um, they do the breakfast. You see some shots of Alexis kind of acting stupid in the hot tub. I mean, they're really getting good at she just jabbers her jaw so much. It's they're getting good. You know, they caught a few things at one point. It seemed like, I think she called her boyfriend's member, uh, that of a pen. I don't know. They were like, Oh, we need a pen, right? Sharpie. Oh, it feels like a pen. Anyway, um, Tanner, you know, was kind of flirting with Kate 
Brian and Courtney are trying to get to a place of, you know, of happiness again. They're definitely not speaking and have mixed feelings about each other. Kevin is in obvious pain. And then we get to, um, they're going to do dinner inside, which Kate mentions it's really difficult because now they're too, literally two feet from where we're serving food in the galley. Alexis is like, oh, I, you know, had four showers today. And I don't really feel like taking a fifth after dinner. And, you know, I guess it's super hot there in Thailand. I know what you do. Lay in the hot tub. I don't know. Maybe the hot tub's not even turned on for the heat. <laughs> they just put water in it for them to lay there and soak. But again so they get all dressed for their dinner and kate and tanner are totally flirting and simone's starting to get wind of it and ashton's like yeah um you know something's going on there and then simone has a conversation later with i think it was riley oh my gosh i can't believe i can't remember and she visibly said, you know, is upset in her interview. And she's like, fuck you, Kate. You know, fuck you. And I don't know. Kate's like, well, normally I got a girl code with this situation. But, you know, they're not even hooked up. They're clearly, you know, nothing's going on. And Simone kind of irritated me. Well, I think what irritated, again, what really irritated you about Simone was... Tanner, because you didn't start really writing her until you noticed that the two of them were flirting and that something was probably going to go down. Um, so they get ready for this big dinner. There are words with Riley and um, an Austin about Ashton. Excuse me, I'm like all over the place. There's words with Riley and Ashton and you know, she wants to Basically, they're going to shoot down anything that she says. She needs to realize that. Right, your neck. You wanted to stay. And when they came to you and they said, everybody freaking hates you. Nobody wants to work with you, Riley. You're combative. If you wanted to stay that badly, you should have went and just kissed ass. Instead, there's just this, I'm here. I'm here. You know, if you don't, I mean, you don't want to be there. You're not, you know. Don't sit and argue with Ashton. It is what it is. Ashton isn't going to change. He's not going to listen to you. And you're just going to continue to get yourself more and more upset. Personally, I don't know why she stayed. Clearly, she wants the airtime. She wants the paycheck. She leaves early. She's not going to get paid, you know, for leaving early. I'm sure it's all about money because it seems like with her ego, she would have flipped them all off and left, you know. So, uh, not a fan of Riley. Hi, I'm not. I don't think that she is a team player. I think that her, everyone talking about how hard she works, how Riley's a hard worker, you know, BFD. At the end of the day, it's if you can get along with everybody. There are, um, you know, anybody who went to college and went to business school, they teach you a lot about like office culture and you'll learn in how not everybody fits into all this culture. Just because you come qualified with the resume that fits with the abilities needed to perform the task at hand, certain, every office has their own culture. So anyway, this is managerial training and a lot of things that they ask, you know, in interviews and whatnot. 
or questions that are psych that psychologically tell you a little about the candidate sitting in front of you. So I'm going off thing, but at the end of the day, in my book, just from what I learned about, you know, management and, you know, running a, a crew, uh, there is a culture and unfortunately I, yes, it probably is a bit of the boys club, but she is combative and I don't think it has anything to do with her being a woman that they're like not jiving with her because I've seen other male crew members come in and act just like Riley and everybody hated them too. And what they do, they got rid of them. Sometimes you know, if it's breaking up the harmony, it's not that the person that has to leave is because they were really bad. It's all their fault. It's just, you can't, what are you going to do? Fire the three and keep Riley? So that's just all I'm saying. And I posted on my Instagram because Captain Lee wrote something up, you know, and Riley disagreed with it. She respectfully, you know, um, I thought her statement was actually very eloquent and I reposted the whole two tweets between, you know, response and whatever between Captain Lee and Riley. And I just said, Hey, you know, I agree with Captain Lee. What he's saying is life is 20% what happens to you and 80% how you respond to it. And that's the freaking truth. And I learned it, had to learn the hard way. I've been there in Riley's position before, you know, butting heads and, you know, I'm a, a strong personality too. And just, I'm a little bit older than her. Well, a lot older than her. She might even be old enough to be my child. I don't know. I don't want to age myself, but at the end of the day, um, Riley, you know, zip it a little and listen more and speak less. And I've done that in my life and changed things the way I deal with situations and it's worked for me. So just saying, and sorry, Riley, you didn't like it. And she got pissed. I didn't tag her and said it was because I was being cowardly. And it's like, I'm, I'm again, like you guys, I'm older. I just freaking discovered Instagram like three years ago. Okay. And when I had seen everybody else on Instagram, I was like, okay, whatever. I honestly, you know, was a Facebook person. I still barely use Twitter. Um, I don't know about, you know, tagging people. I notice other accounts will tag people, but I also noticed other accounts are just like, you know, oh, look how wonderful, and they, this is great, look at what they're doing, you know, and I express a lot of my take and my opinions on things, and that's why I kind of put vlogging as, because it was all I could think of, I mean, Big Mouth, if I could, maybe I could figure out a way to put Big Mouth underneath my, my name on Facebook for Bravo Lowdown, but I digress, so let's keep going on and move past Riley, oh, and there was a scene where, no one would let her sit down to eat. And that's freaking bullshit. That is completely wrong. Everybody knows that. And it is kind of wrong that they're stonewalling her, you know, and shutting her out. Everybody should be rising above it and like, you know, let's just get through this last week, whatever, and start fresh. There should have been a do-over, but there wasn't. And we get to that later in the episode 
before they go to town. So there's all this flirting on board. They have dinner. Couldn't help but notice Alexis just bashing her big fat mouth during, you know, dinner. And I thought the Independence Day and celebrating the divorce, this is all to stick it to old Jim. She knows Jim's going to watch this episode. I felt, I mean, every talking about my, well, I'm never going to get married again. I felt like she's heard people say that. She's trying to sound grown up. Um, I... I've always actually, I'm a fan of Alexis. I have always followed her. Um, I think she's cute. I love her cute kids. She adores them. She's a good mom. She is always, you know, doing fun things and making their life, their childhood amazing. So I have no qualms with Alexis. But I just, you know, the Independence Party was a little bit, you know, it was a little over the top, but you know what? I don't know what did, went down in their, in their marriage. Maybe old Jim Bellino deserves these jabs. And I do think that they are, they probably, you know, cut at the surface a little bit, let's just say. So, um, like I said, there's this continual flirting with Tanner and Kate. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of kind of cute. The dinner uh, looked amazing. Kevin seems like he's in less pain as he goes on. And then they get up in the morning and um, Kevin, you know, and, and Ashton, you know, Kevin tells Ashton that him and Courtney, they did make up. That was a cute little thing. And she's like, oh, I miss you. You know, oh, and at one point in the interview, Kevin reveals that they've not, you know, um, consummated their relationship. And I think that's lovely. Hannah said her and Conrad never really consummated their relationship the whole time on the boat. And it's because the cameras and I actually kind of dig that, you know, that these because, you know, Simone, had, I mean, we know Simone and. Tanner got there. I mean, any, and we saw Riley in that one dude screwing the whole, you know, time they were together. And then, you know, he dumped her, but so they wake up and of course, Alexis is Alexis. Can I tell you this is too much tomato juice and I need a smaller glass, you know, servers love that. I just don't know about sending a drink back and having it redone. I've but moving right along, uh, they serve, everybody kind of orders a complicated breakfast and they pound it out and Tanner wakes up late and Riley notes, Hey, you know, um, he gets away with that and I wouldn't. And it's because it's the, you know, it's the boys club going on here. And then you see Ashton and Captain Lee talking and he's like, yeah, we finally got it all down. He's like, yeah, end of the season. It's like that on every season. Um, they, everything, like by the last two uh, charters, you know, they got a system. Captain kind of laughs at that. And then they show, this is where they get to where they won't let Riley sit down. Now, this is the thing about Riley. She, it, she's definitely not happy with her situation and the people that she has to work with. Um, she comes over and they're all seated around the table. Um, could they have been nicer? But you know that saying about catching more bees with honey. She tells them, scoot over, whoever. 
She pauses. No. It's almost like she's just, a, she's aggressive. She looks for trouble. She, um, you know, they kind of laugh. A lot of people could have moved. Deanna got up and she didn't, you know, she just wasn't feeling it. She went and sat and ate in her room. And Brian kind of made fun of her and said, she's like a child, you know, throwing her toy down. Well, you know, you're being a child too, Brian. So all of them are behaving badly. And that's, you know, problematic in a small environment like that. But it sure does make for good TV. So they go out and they're, um, you know, finishing up for the day. And Riley and Action are on the bow, and she makes a comment about all the smoke breaks. And you know what? There, I know there were 5,000 people sitting at their home that worked with smokers. I don't even know people smoke in offices outside, how it works anymore. But um, the last time I had an office job, which was, you know, a long time ago, we had a few women that smoked and it was the same thing. And I would make jokes like that too. So he was absolutely correct. Ashton wasn't going to hear it because those are his buddies, but she's making a valid point. And you know, that's Riley there. Um, and he was like, Oh, you know, what are you going to say things? And she's like, well, and then they show clips of the guys saying kind of, you know, um, snarky stuff at her her snarking back at them and she's like you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander and she's saying you know oh so i can't say anything and then you know it all breaks down and she's like i'll just sit here and clean by myself that's the best thing for me to do is just be by myself then he goes fine be by yourself blah 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 the guys are talking about riley cracking jokes and the division is very visible and then they all go out that evening um, after meeting about the next charter guests that are going to be arriving that are all girl party girls. And we see Captain Lee asking Kate if she can get little baby Dick lifesaver. <laughs> Just the series. You know, Kate couldn't even like control from not laughing because he was deadpan serious. <laughs> and it was adorable. So... That's going to be interesting. That's the next week's episode. Um, so they all go out that evening and they ride in separate vans. And there was just a, definitely a tone that was being set. The guys are, hey, Tanner, you're going to get laid. Is Kate too much of a bitch? And, you know, guy talk banner. And the ladies are in there and Riley speaking about how she's not, you know, getting a fair, uh, you know, She's not being treated fairly. Um, that Ashton's incredibly harsh on her. Kate kind of sticks up for her in the interviews and says, you know, it's sad. Riley really wants to get a shot and yawning, and she deserves working under somebody better than Ashton. Um, they arrive. They show them walking around, trying different foods. It looks like Kate and Tanner are kind of, you know, chumming or bonding a little bit. They're eating crickets. Riley, Kate, and Simone all go and order a scorpion on a stick, and you see them go and eat it. And then they show Tanner and Kate and Kevin sitting around the bug table, and Kevin is ordering some stuff. Now, yes, Kevin was being really rude, but, you know, and then the next thing you know, Riley wrote to the, the lady at the market that was selling the bugs. 
And all of a sudden, Riley kind of appears next to him. So I was confused. I thought maybe Kate was there. And then she somehow was right next to him. So he is telling the lady, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I don't know what. I mean, I guess that was meaning faster, not tomorrow, not tomorrow. And then he grabs the scoop and starts putting him in there. And then you can hear Riley going, she can let her do it. Let her do it. I, at this point, Riley, you're not getting along with not one of the, the dudes on the boat. Just back it off. If they're acting like assholes, let them. But maybe it makes for good TV. But at the same time, it just makes her look, you know, explosive. And like she's looking for trouble and she just can't let it be. And she's not. And this is the problem. Everyone's like, well, Kevin is a dick. Kevin was a dick at that table that night when um, Kate told him to order everything. And she was like, order me something paleo. And then the two of them is like that awkward couple that we knew in our 20s because we, you know normally we grow up and we don't we see people like that and we don't associate with it but you know when you're young there's that couple that you keep going out with and you keep allowing them in your friend group and they're that non-stop bickering couple that just brings everybody down and what people don't understand is when they're doing that they're affecting every single person around him. That energy is contagious and it's like, it brings everybody down. It makes the air heavy and it's inconsiderate and rude. And that's my problem with Riley is she sees these situations and she is so explosive to them. Yes, it is completely fucked up that Kevin was speaking that way to that poor woman working that there's number one, most likely a language barrier. You don't know how old she was. I mean, it just, yes, it was repulsive. But when you already have an issue with all these people and maybe you just keep your mouth shut and let it go down and then you can talk shit with the girls about it. I can't believe how Kevin acted that way or wait for him to leave and apologize profusely for him to the lady because at the end of the day, you know, y'all are Americans standing there. So she's going to associate y'all together. So that's how it, I would have handled. I, yeah, I don't, the, she's all drama. So it doesn't end there. Um, he finishes up. She's upset. He's ordering every black scorpion after they went and they had a taste and I get it. I think he ordered every single one up on purpose. I really do. And, um, so when he walks away, she's rude and she says, get the fuck out of here or get the fuck away. And he just goes, you bitch. And she finds out that he ordered every single one of them. And, you know, she's not happy about it at that point. And I think that Kevin did order all of them for himself to make her mad. So Riley, Kevin, after Kevin walks up and informs the guys what just went down, and you know that's going to happen. And, you know, they're all sitting there smoking their cigarettes. She walks up and you hear someone say, like, don't even look at her. And Ashton's sitting there smirking. And she just has to walk right up in the middle of them. And it just makes you wonder, are they scripting? I mean, are they telling her to stir this up? Because if they're not and she's doing this all on your own, Riley, it's... It's just so, 
it, I, it's cringeworthy is what it is. It's so Danielle Staub, to be honest. I mean, that is something exactly, you know, you take the high road and you be the better person. Of course, Kevin's going to go back and tell his bros about what went down. One of the guys even made a comment, did you slap her with your dick? I mean, they, you, at this point in the game, you've got their game, Riley. So she, here she goes. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I know Kevin's telling him about the Scorpion Gate right away, Ashton, from the side, as if he's, like, anticipating drama. So, you know what? Here comes drama. Exactly. So you hear her admit, here comes drama. So, whatever, you know, they get into it. Um, you know, they kind of, like, cheers each other and the next thing you see her is yelling you know you're a fucking misogynist pig kate's trying to you know uh mediate the whole thing and tell him you know you are being a little arrogant simone in her interviews like oh you know i wish riley would tone it down but you know that it's just you know it's not it's basically you know you're disruptive to the the pod <laughs> you know it just all spills out so they're still going at it riley's crying um courtney seems a little bored about it and then the next thing you know courtney and brian start having words about it and they're arguing and then it's just all breaking down and that's what riley doesn't understand it's like it's not just about you and kevin and your little interaction at the market and what's interesting is she's not going at Kevin, it's Ashton and his shit-eating, I ate the bird canary grin. You know, what do they call it? Canary-eating, Catholic ate the canary. <laughs> but um, it's just, she's very explosive. The ride home, you know, Brian, I don't know what happened. Courtney's like sticking, he's upset that Courtney was sticking up for Riley. And like I said, they had these separate van rides over Courtney already heard a whole earful about how Riley's being mistreated by these guys. You know, she's not feeling it either. She sees it. She says it's not cool. And then, you know, so Brian snaps at her. She's crying. The dudes all go crawl in their van. The ladies all go get in their van. And it's just like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's like the same thing all season long. I mean, last week's episode, they all got and they freaking cheered at all the, you know, drama and them hooking up, you know, and looking like studs. The two girls from Charleston met them at the club, <laughs> you know, fist pumping and whatnot. It's just, and guess what? Captain Lee confirmed there's going to be a reunion. So it's going to be good. And I hope every single one of them show up. But, you know, I think that Kate is good with Riley. I think Captain Lee and her are on fair terms. So most likely if the reunion's already been done, I don't know. It's going to be, um, you know, I think there's probably going to be a little bit of them backing her up, which is good, you know. But uh, it's the guy's. What is it? Tanner got everybody. Is it Tanner got all the guys a bracelet? Oh, no, it's Brian. Was it Brian? Who bought them all the bracelet? Oh, goodness. I can't remember. So 
they all got like friendship bracelets and the ride home is just so polar opposite you've got Courtney sitting there you know sobbing Riley's completely pissed off Kate and Riley start going at it and the guys are just having a blast you know they got their friendship bracelets they're holding them together like they're superheroes and then they all go back to the yacht and this is where it gets a little odd everybody ends up kind of going their own way and works for the night I'm gonna go retire they all go off to their bunks uh Courtney's crying herself to sleep but Kate appears right she's walking down on the dock probably from having a cigarette and she can hear them and she hears her name and she automatically assumes, assumes they're all up there you know talking shit about her so she walks in and they cheers her like oh can i get you boys anything and they're like hey oh hey oh i didn't think that you know they got that that when she walked up that she was busting them they were just like you know they're laughing they're having a good time they're completely on a different level then, like I said, the girls, two van rides, which were very, you know, Riley brought him down, jumping in the van and complaining about her situation. It's just, I'm going to blame Riley for everything. That's what I'm going to do. I don't even care. She got all pissy with me on Instagram. And she didn't, like I said, she got upset about, you know, he didn't hashtag. Well, I don't freaking hashtag Bravo's. So, anyway... So Kevin decides he's going to go inside and Kate's like, no, you know what? This is my interior and I don't want you to be here. And it's obvious she's very intoxicated. And I'm sure that this is like a cringeworthy moment for herself and the way she's acting. So it continues and there's some door slam. Kevin, 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 Kevin even yells, don't slam any doors. And then the next thing you know, Captain Lee appears. Now at this point, you know, Kate's having to smoke. I think she's kind of having fun fighting with these guys. Does anybody ever remember doing that with brothers and sisters and maybe some friends when you were kids and there'd be these big fights, the adults run around and locking yourselves in bathrooms and kind of like this big thing and you can't go there. I mean, it was, I'm saying it was really childish and daddy woke up. And so here comes dad, dad wakes up and he's pissed and He's like, what's going on? And they all look at Kate. And Kate looks guilty as fuck. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to have to try and defend Kate. I want you all to shut the fuck up. And I don't want to hear any more door slamming. It's just like, you know, you pissed dad off. You woke up dad. So that's it. That's how it ended. I don't know. Um, you know, the next season looks pretty next season the next charter looks kind of exciting they build it up with this big penis uh kind of cake coming out and i don't know we'll see um i as far as the season kind of lackluster so now i'm going to i it's going all over everywhere um elect not alexis i've got low deck on my brain it's going everywhere about uh, Megan King Edmonds or Megan King now uh, 
she went on, or I, I'm confused. I believe her and Brooke Burke have a podcast together, or she went on Brooke Burke's podcast. I think that their podcast is together, and I'm actually super lazy sometimes when it comes to really doing, um, so here it is. It's a Brooke and Lila support Megan as she reveals a very personal, intimate experience. Megan opens up about a sexual encounter and its emotional consequences. Brooke and Lila support Megan through this vulnerable time as she reveals shame over past decision, decisions on how to move forward. Um, Carly Soriento Sor joins the ladies with um, expertise and intimate knowledge on sex and sexuality and blah, blah, blah. So Megan basically is alluding that, and this is my take on it. So she talks about um, that she was young and just a newlywed with Jim, which, I mean, it wasn't really that long ago, and that she thought it would be fun um, and that under Jim's suggestion that they do a threesome and she was into it. Now I have to tell you, I listened to it and she's just real casual, you know, playing it like it's a lullaby. Guess what? I tried to do a threesome and you know, um, da, 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 da. and she calls the girl out for, um, being, uh, maybe a hooker or a call girl, uh, escort. Maybe she, is a companion for money, a sex person for money, but she alludes that she has no job and would often have brand new Cartier watches and fancy handbags and Range Rovers and kind of like the Lala Kent situation when she couldn't reveal that she was with Randall. Um, I don't know why they had to keep that on the low down, the down low. Um, but so even it's got to the point where Jim responded and says, oh, no, 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 darling. Uh, that was not our only threesome. And there's been many more. And Megan has done this hooking up with women on her very own, in fact. And also, it wasn't my idea. It was hers. So there you go. I mean, I've seen comments um, about the whole situation saying, oh, my God, this is so juicy. We need to get her back on the OC. And considering the turn the OC has decided to take with the menage a trois, that Megan will fit right in with Tamara and Boringwind. And, you know, there's just an easy transition for her. And I have to say, this does not shock me. When Megan first joined the show, and it doesn't, uh, I, I'm explaining why it doesn't shock me. Um, I'm losing myself here. So when Megan first joined his show, her first season, I don't know if you guys remember, they went to a winery. And I believe it was in Napa. Yeah, it was in Napa. Shannon was there. It was when Shannon and David were going through uh, trying to save their marriage and they were in, in that therapy with that lady. Anyway, I just bring back all the memories, trying to get you to, you know, jog your memory, but they went to a winery and they were in a tasting room and there was like a big barrel with one of those glass flukes or something where they, you know, dunk it in there 
and they pull out a big, you know, gulp of wine. Tamara walks up and says, give it to me, baby. And, you know, the guy pours, you know, the big wine. It was a lot of wine and she shotguns it, I guess. Is that what it's called? Like a beer bong kind of situation. And she drinks all this wine. Well, Megan and Jim are in the back. Megan is a total newbie. And you see her like go in there like, oh, I want to do this too. When she did that, I have to say, I instantly thought, oh, I think Megan wants to, like, I thought Megan totally was like, you know, coming on to Tamara, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I just, I got those vibes. I can't explain it when everything was revealed in her pot in the podcast the other day, I was, I think it was two days ago. I was totally like, okay, that little read I, you know, reading I got, I don't know what it was. I just kind of got that Megan was kind of, you know, she liked to have fun with other women and there's nothing wrong with it. And I have not there. I don't like Bronwyn. I'll say her name the right way. Um, even though I think she's boring when just like Vicky, Vicky kind of really coined that name, got to give her credit for that. But I don't care for her and it doesn't have a lot to do with, uh, sex life. I find it like she's all over the place with what the whole threesome thing is about. I don't know if she even really knows what it's about because the story has changed as to, you know, the origins of it and what it, it is. So they got a shag tag. I don't know if it's just for her. It just, it, it's crazy. But what I also didn't also, what I really didn't like was her and camera and the tonguing each other. It just seems so attention seeking and juvenile. And I think it was lacked a level of respect for their children um, and I don't want to get into like psychologically speaking because it's just a reality show and it's fun for us. But at the end of the day, it's not for them and it's her kids do what you want. I don't like promoting that because I think, you know, other people see that and they think, oh, these women are fabulous. They're so beautiful. They have it all. They must know something because there's just a lot of idiots out there. But you know what? I should I even feel sorry for the idiots that are going to use these people for role models for mothering or anything. I think that what we do like, and I've said this before, I mean, I don't have a plethora of podcasts when I say I've said it before, I may have said it a couple of times, but I say it a lot, you know, when I would be in chat groups and um, not chat groups, Facebook groups and on Instagram is we love the shows because we definitely, you know, we love looking at fabulous women with fabulous lives and amazing clothes that live in big homes that drive fancy cars and whatnot. But then when they have a moment of relatability, like Stephanie's depression issues, um, low self-esteem, uh, suicide, family suicide, uh, which Leanne doesn't have, by the way, um, you know, weight issues like with Shannon, uh, divorce, divorce, divorce. I mean, you know, everybody, not everybody, but so many good people relate to the divorce and the child custody cases. So, and, and just, it goes down the line for me, fibroids, I have fibroids. There's been a whole plethora of 
housewives that have dealt with fibroid issues and have had fibroid surgeries. So for me, it was like that. Migraines. I mean, I'm just, I know I'm, I'm going to be on and on and on. So going back to what I'm saying about boring wind is, yeah, maybe some of you might relate to the threesome stuff, but I feel that when you're putting it out there, your kids see it, their friends see it. And we know Kelly said her daughter was bullied because of it. I know for a fact that it does trickle down to the kids and it's insane when these people go, you know, my kids, they go, they, they, it's me. Bronwyn said it's made them stronger. She's never been closer to her kids before. Kind of makes me wonder if she was close to them in the first place, but that's another story. So Megan and Jim uh, have definitely put a lot. Well, Megan has put a lot out there now that her kids will continually hear about. It is out there forever. She went on a podcast and revealed that. And it was basically because at the end of the day, Jim is hooking up with a girl from a threesome. Jim is saying, you know, again, there were lots of girls and you never know, Megan, he might even hook up with one of the other girls. And what are you going to do and say, yeah, we had a lot of three. I mean, it just, she put it all out there and it's just so awkward, but I mean, <laughs> how horrible are we that we love it? But you know, it's human nature. I think that it's just in our DNA. We love other people's problems you know it's like that um don henley song dirty laundry i freaking love that song but you know just go listen to the song but it's we love it and we're here for it and i'm bringing it to you in the form of lowdown and thank you so much for listening and i will be doing um real housewives of new jersey New Jersey. I don't know what is wrong with me this morning. I have like a cold and my throat hurts. And then to boot, um, and I don't want to get all graphic, but you know, like um, a swollen taste bud. I don't know if you ever get those, but it's like on the back of my tongue, like in the back. And it's just like irritating. But I want to be consistent with you guys. If there's people listening, I freaking love it. And I'm so thankful that um, you enjoy all my years of watching Real Housewives and my opinion on it. And I'm trying to figure out, it's just, I'm super busy. Um, so I try to squeeze these in and I'm trying to figure out a way to get um, a new friend of mine on the show who's incredibly busy. I mean, she's out of town again and also um it may be some like people that can call in and do it that way and it's just going to be months before it all falls together so i'm just going to keep putting out these podcasts and thank you again for listening to bravo lowdown and next one uh, that comes out will be real housewives of new jersey take care